Hier. Ah. Ja. 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 Oh ja. 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 Oh ja. 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 Cheese. Ja. Oh ja. 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 Hi yo. Cheese. Hi ja. It's okay. Go Bears. Oh. TPC Twin Cities, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes and the 3M Open. What more can you ask for? The cut line, breaking it down. Birdies, Eagles, Aces. What else can we expect this week at PPC in the Twin Cities? There's no golfer who can't win this weekend. But speaking of wins, great story last weekend in Nate Lashley and how golf revitalized his confidence and his inspiration to overcome the tragedies that have occurred in his life. And if you haven't heard by now, Lashley had to overcome the death of his parents and his girlfriend in a plane crash after they had come to see him play in college. Now, it took him a long time to overcome his depression and just the insurmountable sadness that he must have felt for, for just for a long time. The fact that he came back to golf after so many years found some inner peace to compete on the PGA Tour. These stories are always heartwarming and they put a spotlight on a sport that constantly allows friendships to thrive you know, not only in the PGA, but in your own backyard, in your own hometown, courses and golf clubs, you know, the golf trips that, that you go on with your buddies and, and create incredible memories. Um, but it just shows the power of the sport itself. And it's a great story, and I'm happy that he got the win. But as great as last week was, the beat goes on. The 3M Championship is here, and the cut line has the goods this week to get your lineups a-rolling. But first, hello Canada, hello Australia, and hello USA, and hello UK. New listeners can subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. And the cut line is dedicated to providing you the best PGA DFS analysis and if you listened before, you know that we love to have a good time here on the cut line. So please, if you like what you're hearing, don't hesitate to give us a like, a comment. If you hate what you're hearing, please give us a hate and a comment with that hatred as well. We love any kind of criticism. And of course, questions are welcome here on the cut line. And we appreciate the time and dedication our listeners give us. I'm Mike Kevlunas at Lunas on Twitter, excited to break down the 3M Classic. I am still grinding, but this time cashing up to $300. It can work. I'm serious. We're going to give Daddy the Rain Man suite. Do you dig that? We're going to Vegas, Mike. Vegas! Vegas. You think we get there by midnight? Money, we're going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! And I am super excited to keep this ROI a-rolling. Keep these picks a-rolling. But man, does this show suck without the man on the other microphone. I can't do it alone. The myth, the majesty, the wizard, the maestro, the 6K range, Mulligan Manafort, Zero Iron Zach, the 6K Slayer, Mr. Guarantee himself, Zach Manafort. You can find Zach 
at EaglesFan83 on Twitter. Zach, how you doing, partner? Whew, man, I am doing fantastic. I'm glad to see you. You are always, in. always yeah. doing fantastic. Oh. I love Mondays, man. I love coming home from work and getting ready for this. And just it gears me up for this week's event. It's Fourth of July, barbecue, beer, beaches. I can't really complain at all. I mean, it's not, unless you're playing in Minnesota, which could be a little. Yeah, it's supposed to be nice weather, so we'll talk about it. But I mean, I'm excited. I can't wait. I, I'm, I didn't do as well as you last weekend. I should have. Uh, I had everything nailed. I, I tweeted out Gooch late. I think a lot of people did. and He, he crushed it as a 6K guy. Somehow ended up with 70% of them because I just I just hated the 6K range last week for the first time in like a couple months. I ended up with him, Stefani, uh, who was one of my guarantee. I think he was my monster last week. So he did pretty well. I think he shot like 13, uh, 13 or 14 under. Um, yeah, my other guy, Long, didn't make the cut. But I wasn't... He wasn't as you know confident last week. I think I caveated all my picks with you know I don't like the 6K range at all. Uh, I wasn't confident in any of them. The only guy I really liked was Gooch, and he wasn't in the field until late. Uh, I had him on Sunday. I liked him, but then I was kind of pissed off all weekend that he wasn't. Or on Monday when he wasn't in the field, he got added, and then I just ended up on him. Uh, I got no six of sixes through at all last week, uh, but still managed to. Lo- I think I lost three bucks total off all my entries, and mainly because I had pretty much everyone up top, and then I had. Billy Horschel or Woodland and ugh, you know what could have been if I would have just kept pairing them with a little bit more uh, a little less guys at the top which is what I wanted to do originally but you know I can't complain losing three bucks for all weekend and playing a couple hundred so I'll take it yeah only uh, only your, losing your three weekend is, was good <laughs> oh weekend was great you know I, I love being on Reed I was all over Sneds Reed all over um, you know Neiman and Sabatini yeah. and all over those guys. I just couldn't piece it together to maybe win a GPP, which is kind of unfortunate. But on Benny on on Rory, uh, like I said, Rory, I was all yep. over Kokrak, and he didn't get the ownership that I thought you know I, that I said he would get. Um, someone who killed me in one of my cores was DJ, and and you know I'm just I'm I know golfers have lives outside of golf. I I, I don't have any doubt. But there was a point in that second round where DJ looked up, and I think he realized he was going to make the cut, and he sailed that tee shot <laughs> straight OB. And I'm like, yeah, he, he's got something to do tomorrow. He's got a bachelor party or a wedding, or or you know, he's just got to go on a bender. Who knows what the hell's going on? But um, you know what? I, I I don't criticize him for it. He's there. He's got to meet sponsorship requirements, PGA requirements. He didn't want to play, man. I mean that was a joke, and and I don't know. He's been looking pretty off lately, and that's why I was off him last week. I mean, he had to win that thing to really pay him his salary off, and he just wasn't. And I feel the same way this week about the upper tier, and we'll talk about it. But I don't know. I just wasn't feeling DJ's his his old self. It it just it felt intentional. And Matsuyama is just on a streak that's in, yep. incredible. Yep. Um, yeah, I, everyone wants him to win, but hard to fade him at this point. The guy just makes cut after cut after cut. Top 20 after top 20. Um, playing great. I nailed Aaron Wise in terms of making the cut. Didn't nail him getting in the top 20. Only finished 35th. But, you know, that's okay. Um, someone that hurt on one of my cores was Varner. Varner mm-hmm. just didn't show up. And, um, you know, you know, you look at that whole thing. I said go back to Chingale. I had a little bit of him. I knew he was going to show up. Um, other guys that I thought were going to perform better, someone like Vaughn Taylor, Brennan Steele, they made the cut but didn't go in those top 30s like I was really hoping for. But long story short, great weekend. Um, looking forward to this weekend. Um, kind of going with the same approach and the idea of um, looking at that long-term, long-term form with the recent form. 
just kind of mix and match in that whole idea and process because wow do we have a doozy of a course here we 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 absolutely do so but 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 of course we have to award our dumbass of the week this week's winner goes to job gunderson Job Gunderson was our winner and the proud owner of Pro V1s, golf tees, a vintage photograph signed by Zach and myself, and a brand new plunger. So, Job Gunderson, nice work, buddy. Now, remember, yeah, good job. Now, remember to get involved in our golf giveaway. All you have to do, it's so easy, is retweet the Cutline's initial tweet about our episode covering the 3m open going live this week's winner is going to get a box of Volvic golf uh, golf balls and a brand new golf towel of course those balls will be any color of your choice and last but not least we will also send you our infamous plunger so you feel good about those shitty lineups that you piece together because you don't listen to us now again to be involved in our giveaway all you have to do is retweet at T Cutlines announcement of the podcast going live. That's all you have to do. Please don't let some jabroni who retweets every giveaway a chance to win. Because there is a guy out there who's doing that right now. Cutline is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the 3M Open. And <laughs> we'll do the best we can. Let's get one thing straight, actor. I don't trust you. And if you betray us, I'll rip your fucking balls off and stuff them up your ass so that the next time you shit, you'll shit all over your balls. Got it? To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. That's right. The best we can. Now we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. We're here to give you the plays to build your best lineups week in and week out. No, don't worry, dude. You couldn't get a chick if you had a $100 bill hanging out of your zipper. Yeah, I could. No, dude, you're a little bitch. I am not. I don't even know why I hang out with you guys. Because you're a piece of shit. I am not a piece of shit. Well, yeah, but you're a little bitch. Sure. God damn it, man. So if you're not doing as well as you would like, the cut line absolutely and always has the answers you seek as always a special thanks to pga and fantasy national for all the stats they provide for golf fans and pga dfs enthusiasts fantasy national is helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis trying to figure out why you're struggling week in and week out more than likely it's because you're not considering fantasy national you're ending up on the wrong end of the flagstick so i ask you how are your lineups doing now this week, the PGA Tour tackles the 3M Open. Oh yeah! Once again, we are looking at a scorer's course. We lack historical data, and we are staring head-on into a weak DraftKings field. But have no fear, the cut line is here. And man, Minnesota kind of feels like Canada. Oh jeez! And we love Canada. Oh yeah! So there's absolutely no way we can fuck this up. Right, Zach? No way. Absolutely not. Past winners on tour in this field include, but are not limited to, Brooks Kepka, Matsuyama, 
Day, DeChambeau, Reed, Sabatini, Old Man Phil Mickelson, and Nick, Big Money Watney. Zach, what are the golfers looking at this week? Oh, man, you nailed it. Unknown course, but it's known to the senior tour. It's known as a birdie fest on the Champions the Tour. Even old the old guys are course. crushing it. Last year, it ranked 18th out of 26th uh, for one of the easiest courses. It's always ranked inside the top 10 year in and year out. That course played roughly 7,100-plus yards and a par of 72. So, you know, the PGA Tour's got to do something. They can't let these guys, these pros come out here and hit that. It'll be, I, I wouldn't even imagine what the scores would be if it was 7,100-yard par 72 so they stretched it out to a little bit over 7400 and they round it and they reduced the part of 71 so yeah that's still not going to be enough to do anything we're still going to see low scores like we saw last week uh, a bit more on the specifics of the course itself it's bent greens throughout very large greens pretty easy to hit uh, which you know is common up north because bent grass greens are just easier to maintain uh, i saw a note uh, on twitter from at jmarring1 that the greens are running about 12 and a half on the stint meter so that's quite fast uh, if that remains unchanged by the crew and if the weather doesn't slow down at all. So guys that are good on fast bent grass greens is something we'll be looking at this week. Uh, plenty of water hazards, about 27 bodies of water surrounding the course. Uh, last week there was one that was in play. Uh, this week, out of those, there's 10 in play. So, you know, not a huge deal, but just something to take in, into consideration that there is some, wa- there is some water hazards here uh, this week. So there's also been a lot of rain over the last couple of weeks, so the course should play pretty soft. It's got wide open fairways, so I anticipate us seeing guys gripping it, ripping it, putting up low numbers. Uh, it's going to be kind of like last week. We're going to see a lot of scores. Uh, the weather was the only thing that may slow it down, and it doesn't look like it will. So looking at weather this week, looking at 6 to 9 mile per hour winds on Thursday with gusts only up to 12 uh, around 1 p.m. Uh, we see a little bit of rain in the morning. Uh, but we're going to get a lot of rain late Friday afternoon between 1 and 6, roughly about a quarter of an inch if it stays the way it is now. Uh, so, you know, that could soften it up the guys playing Friday afternoon, uh, but they'll have to be playing in heavy rain. So, you know, we'll see how it gets as we get closer, but I'm really not factoring in weather a whole lot. Uh, the weekend looks clear right now with no rain and pretty calm winds, so the course might soften up Friday night and just make scoring even more ridiculous on moving day. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, so I'm not really... Uh, factoring in weather. I'll take a look at it again Wednesday, but after the last two weeks where it was, you know, something to think about, I don't think, you know, we're going to have to worry about it this week. Uh, for me, stats on the course is unknown, so I'm taking kind of the conservative approach, just like I did last week, and it, and it seemed to work out well, so I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I'm going strokes gain, tee to green, strokes gain on approach, strokes gain, ball striking, uh, proximity from 175 to 200 yards, because a lot of these second shots should come there with, with the length of this course. Uh, DK scoring, good drives, and birdie or better gained. Uh, I think all those things correlated well last week, and I think they will again this week. Uh, I'm also going to combine that, um, isolating those stats itself uh, over the last 100 rounds, and then on the mixed condition model, I'm going to throw in uh, last 36 on bent grass greens, and then I'm going to make one filter as well for last 36 on bent grass, fast greens, and then a par 71 course. And I'm going to see how that all uh goes through the gonculator and comes out and we'll see what that looks like worked well last week well just a few misses i think i was spot on and i'm hoping that that maintains pretty much exactly what i hope it will this week so mike what are you looking at this week for stats uh i'm going this kind of the same route but uh doing a thing weighting things a little bit differently of course looking at approach and, and ball striking like i always do uh that tee to green i think is very important this week fairways gained birdie your better is gained um but one thing i've think 
and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to utilize it yet, is driving distance. Yeah. Um, it's been wet up in the land of 10,000 lakes, and I think it's like more than when they counted them. It's way more than 10,000, but regardless, um, driving distance is going to be key. And if you look at the course layout, a lot of these greens can be driven. Oh, yeah. Um, so I want to see those guys who are gaining strokes off the tee um, which is a combined accuracy and driving distance. I mean, the driver's in play this weekend, and if that driver is hot and you're putting for eagle on a par four, like, it's going to be insane. The scoring, I think, is going to be nuts here. They did not lengthen the course enough. It should be, like, 10,000 more yards. Yeah, like no, I agree. Like, it's way too easy. People are talking about all the water on the course. It doesn't matter. The, the fairways drive over it. The fairways are so wide. Even if they miss what what they're aiming at, um, I think I think I heard the hardest holes on the course are like nine and eighteen. So, if you're sweating a guy within one of the whatever minus six thousand the cut is, that's the only sweat you're gonna have for a guy not making birdie probably. It's gonna be insane. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, like like it is what you expect here at TPC, you know, Twin Cities, but. It, 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 it's something I'm looking forward to. Um, other than that, we're going to weigh those in our mixed condition model on Fantasy National, on my private model. Things I'm going to look at specifically, um, I'm waiting again that tee to green game, the approach and ball striking. Uh, but I want to look at proximity in that private model. And of course, I'm going to add a little bit of putting. Um, I like seeing how who's putting well at the moment, but putting so fickle and can always change. But it still gives a good gauge of what you're looking at. And again, I'm going to weigh that long-term form versus that recent form. So the last hundred rounds versus the last 24 rounds, like I always do. Um, you know, it's been working really well lately. Uh, let's hope it continues. So that'll take us to our birdie or better segment. You know, where Zach and I break down each tier of golfer on the DraftKings player pool. And we're going to look to give you our favorite plays as well as the golfers we intend to fade. Um, we're going to start in that you know upper range, that ridiculous, hello, I'm Brooks Kepka. I cost $11,900. i am surprised he's not 12 to be honest. I am too. Yep. But um, we're going to start in that 11 to 10 range. And I'm going to kick it off with, with Kepka. And here's my rationale. People aren't going to roster him because of this fucking stupid narrative that he just doesn't care. That's bullshit. You're going to tell me that Brooks Kepka is going to come onto a tournament and a golf course and say, I don't care. I'm not going to try to win. I get it. His focus at majors is, is it, you can't refute the fact that at majors, his results are crazy good. But if I can get Brooks Kepka at sub 15% ownership, on this course, which is insane, the world's number one ranked golfer, number one ranked in my private model, number one ranked in my fantasy national model at sub 15% because people don't want to take shots on these lower price guys. That's ridiculous to me. Brooks Kepka doesn't play for me. Yeah, you know, what I find interesting, he, he usually doesn't play this week. Like, I was going back through the years to see, like, kind of how he warms up for the Open and you know what his his historical tournaments have been in, in July, and usually he ends, you know, in late June and doesn't play again until the Open. So it's interesting to see that he has actually never really taken place, at least in the last four or five years, on the Fourth of July week. 
So, you know, that's you know, not really to say he's going to make or miss the cut. To me, I see your point exactly. I think he comes on, he comes to play. Um, yeah, I get the narrative that he, I, I've heard it, we've all heard it. I don't really believe in that as much. My bias is I'm not paying 11.9 for Brooks Kepka. And I, the same reason I wasn't paying 12 plus for DJ last week. I don't like the bottom of the field. And I feel like even if I got Brooks in the lineup, I'm not going to win a GPP because I'm not going to have the rest of the lineup that I want that's going to finish high enough to make a, to make a decent lineup with that cost. I just don't see it. See, I disagree with, with the trends that we've been seeing in those low salary guys finishing in top tens. You nail that lineup. You get the nuts with Brooks Kepka in your lineup, and you're sitting pretty. I, I, I had some DJ lineups last week that were were short. Fifty thousand by by at least a thousand bucks, because but what if it, but don't pay DJ and you can have anybody. I get that, but it's Dustin Johnson, it's Brooks Kepka this but, week. He is he he's seven to one to win the tournament in Vegas right now. He's yeah, a scoring machine. Number one, in, he's number one in your model. Don't am I wrong? Uh, you are wrong. Yes, ridiculous. Your model's he, broken. He, nope, my, he is. Oh man, you don't even want to know. I can't even find him. He's gone. Your model hates him so much. He's deleted him out of the whole program. 14. Look, I'm going to say this. If you're getting Brooks Kapka at sub 15% and you're not taking a piece of him in a multi, in a mass multi entry GPP, you're stupid. Okay. Stupid then. I'm not taking him. You're stupid. I will have zero. You have have zero Dustin Johnson last week and I'll have zero Brooks Kapka this week. It is a way different tournament last week if Dustin It's the Johnson. same. It's the same. It is exactly the same. It's not the same. Oh, I disagree. Here's the difference. Brooks Kepka is a is a hard ass and Dustin Johnson is a guy who's struggling with his game right now. Regardless. I will I will give you that Brooks Kepka is playing better golf the last couple of months than DJ. And I I can I will agree there that he is a better play this week than DJ was last week in my opinion but I will still have none of him and I will hope that he T20s and that's that's all I need him to do 20th and I and I'm so far ahead of the field he's going to come in at 15 to 20 percent ownership I'm, it's I'm less sure. he's going to come in at less ah, who who are people going to roster they're going to roster DeShambo they're going to roster yep. Matsuyama and I'll pass on Matsuyama too for sure I mean you look at they're going to go down to those guys in the Nike range. I mean, you you don't think Victor is gonna have a following this week? I don't oh want to talk. Oh my god! I hope so. I hope so. No way! I'm paying that much for. I mean, I, I'm a Hovland supporter like a million times, but not at 9100. I I think uh, you you have to play Kepka as a leverage play. Have to. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna go single entry and you don't like Kepka because of the stupid narrative, fine. I get it. If you're doing one lineup, you don't want to do Kepka. Fine. I get it. But you're doing a mass multi-entry, 150 max, 20 max, regardless of what it's going to be. Brooks Kepka needs to be in a lineup. I don't care if you're underweight, overweight, whatever the hell you're going to be. Brooks Kepka has to be in a lineup. Done deal right there for me. Yeah. Nope. Pass. All right. Well, let's go down to Matsuyama. What do you think? I, you know, again, I'll go back to kind of how I've been doing my research the last two weeks. I do it before the salaries come out. And Matsuyama was number one for me. Um, just looking at stats and, and going over the course before the salaries came out. So I had him, you know, 
he's in great form in 13th last week. My concern, my concern is he has not finished better than sixth since the Farmers back in January when he got third. So, I mean, I had him written up as one of the guys I wanted to play, and my note was, unless he's over 10-5, and I just can't justify his price if he can't T3 or better here. And I just don't think here is another place where he's going to T3 or better. He's not showing me that he can close. He's just not showing me that he is worth over 10-5 and an 11-1. I hope more people are on him. I'm sure he'll make the cut, and I'm sure he'll do well. Uh, but I just don't see him winning. I don't see him second, and I don't see him third. And for that reason, I cannot roster him. I was I, secretly, when he was plus one, open up round one, I was like, this is going to be an even better weekend. Because I, I thought he was just going to fall apart. I had him last week because he was, I, I don't know what his price was, but it wasn't. It was 10000 I thought. Yeah, that's right. And, and that's why I had him because I, I, I'm okay with 10000 if he gets like 10th or 8th. But not 11-1, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. His stats line up great. But again, I just, I can't. Well, part of me wished he didn't pay off last week with the 13th finish because that ownership would have went down. I mean, he is going to be either one number one or number two in ownership i love it that's great i'm glad that happened last week because this is the week to get off why because he's not gonna do, even if he does it again it's not 13th isn't good enough for 11 one i mean in the last 100 rounds first in approach first in proximity 11th in good drives third in ball striking fourth in birdies are better gained I, yeah he, but, he, but he, those it, to quote you he's a monster yeah, I agree, stat-wise, but then he's not... Those stats aren't equaling results. The 6th of Memorial on June 2nd is his best finish since the players back in March. Like, yeah, over the last 100 rounds, he's been amazing, but he's not winning or even top 5. Those points mean... Sure, those points are great, but you need top 5 to put those points in your GPP lineups to win. This feels pretty weak. Yeah, so it was last week, and he thir- he got 13th. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's kind of similar. I I, just, I don't like him for his price. I loved him last week, and I'm glad that he finished where he did. I'm off him this week. I'm really interested to see how ownership plays out on Wednesday. You know, if he's above 15%, I'm not interested as well. Um, I can see him being a single-entry play if you think he's going to win. He, he does have the second-best Vegas odds as of right now. Yep. Um, but he he's also a scorer. I it, it's hard to predict with no analytics behind these courses. Sure. On top of that, like we saw last week, anybody can fucking win. So yeah. if there's a week to be contrarian, this is it. This is it. You want to fade some of these guys and try to get the nuts elsewhere. But um, I don't want to go down to Jason Day. I actually want to go to DeShambo. What are you going to do? I think he's just going to be uber chalky, but I'm willing to eat it. Who, on Bryson? Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't know. I, what I wrote for him is I likely don't like his price initially, but 10-5, I actually do like it, and I love it this week. He, he An eighth of the Travelers, you know, of course that shouldn't challenge him mentally is another, like, oh, man, he's 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 a guy who plans out his shots. He, He's not fighting against guys who have played here over and over and over again, with the exception of a couple guys. Uh, he grades out eighth overall for me. In his last, he's great on bent grass. 
Uh, last 50 rounds, he's eighth in strokes gained, tee to green, fifth in DK scoring, eighth in birdie or better, uh, eighth in ball striking, strokes gained. Um, I like how he lines up here. Again, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm worried about his ownership. Um, and really, that's it. I mean, I'll have to just take a look. And th- I only have two guys in the 10K range that I want to play, and Bryson was one if he was under, was under like, 10-8, and he is. Uh, Jason Day is the other. At 10-9, I'm a little hesitant, but uh, I think that he is probably the unknown here because I, I think a lot of people will look at recent form and you know what they've been doing. And Jason Day hasn't really been doing a lot, um, but he does excel on bent grass green courses that are that run fast on the greens where he's you know fourth overall, second strokes gained two to green, and he came up first in DK points and second birdie or better for me. Now, the only place he struggles is on drives, but with wide open fairways on a soft course, not an issue. Well, I'll, I'll I'll touch upon Day, but first I want to go back to DeChambeau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you look you look at the last twenty four rounds, and and the guy's been great. Second in birdies are better gained, fifth in ball striking, eighth in approach, third in good drives, and we've kind of talked about getting back on DeChambeau for the last month. Mm-hmm. Um, his long term form was going to turn around, and, and, and it evidently is. You know, you kind of mentioned it already, but I'll reiterate. You know, eighth at the Travelers, thirty fifth at U.S. Open, twenty second at the Memorial, and he had those three missed cuts. Um, you know, at the Schwab, the PGA, and the RBC Heritage. Um, last week played great, but the course is so easy. So I think those that those statistics are a little bit hard to say are reliable. You know, especially for a caliber of golfer as DeChambeau. Um, I do like DeChambeau. I will have some of DeChambeau, but I'm going to be underweight. And I know that's something I don't normally do when I roster the chalk guy. But I I just don't want to eat that much Bryson when his game tailors itself to blow-ups. And, um, you know, he's, he's someone that just I never tend to get right and... I have that feeling that I would get him wrong if I went overweight on him this weekend. But going to day, like you were saying, yes, his recent form. But the back, does the back injury concern you at all? It would, but he's always hurt. I mean, it's totally random. I, I chalk it up as completely random. If you roster him, you're basically rolling a dice, and he may or may not come down with some sort of ridiculous injury. So I'm not even going to take it into effect because he's either completely fine or something else is going to pop up and he's going to withdraw. But it's just an easy course, so I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe this is when it happens. Now you got me thinking about it, and now I'm worried about it. Damn it. <laughs> well, in my fantasy national model in the last 100 rounds, he, he ranks fifth overall, but he's second in birdies are better gained. You know, sixth in ball striking. He's 109th in good drives, and we kind of talked about that. But, um, you know, these these fairways are wide open, and he ranks fourth in driving distance. If driving distance does play a factor this week, like I think it's going to, mm-hmm. Jason Day can easily win this tournament and compete at the end. You know, at the end of eighteen holes. So, I like Day. I think that he's kind of a wild card, and whatever you guys utilize for your ownership projections, um, make sure that they got him pegged right. Um, What's your threshold, ownership-wise? On day? Yeah. Mm, 14%. I think it's going to be a tad more. I think he's going to boost up to 18. I think that Decky Day-DeChambeau 
are just going to be real chalky. And I really want him to push down my boy, my guy, Patrick Reed. But that ain't going to happen, man. Everyone, you think he'll be over 14%? I do, man. Every fucking one is touting him now. I mean, Jason Day? No, Patrick Reed. But, oh, oh yeah, Jason, yeah. Jason Day for sure. He's going to be over 14%. No. The last three events he's played, he's been under 14 uh, It's a different ball game here. Look at this field. But at the Travelers, he was only 11, and that field was pretty awful. Wasn't that bad? We'll see. I if he if he goes over fourteen, I I probably won't play him. But we'll see. I mean, you look at the U.S. Open; it's justified, right? Sure. No, I get that. Yeah, I, I'm throwing that out. Memorial and Travelers; he was under fourteen. Um, Wells Fargo; he was at awful six percent. I think people still had the bitter bitter taste from PGA. You know, the PGA Championship where where I think he was like twenty some percent owned. Um, he was, yeah. Uh, it's Jason Day. You're looking for that turnaround. It's about due. He's due for a win, and and I don't like saying that. I really don't. I got no statistical analysis that says, oh God, this guy's gonna win because of, he's due. You know, I do hate saying that, but I mean that short game is great. He's got the driving distance, the ball striking, the approach game. The course is a scorer's course. It's just tailored for him. In, Not, exactly. That's why I love. I, I mean, but that, that's results the, that's shown. that's why the ownership is going to be inflated. Like, it, I, don't know. I think it. I think I don't think so. I just think everyone's going to be drawn to to Brooks and Matsuyama coming off a good week. I guess so. Now, Patrick Reed, last guy, rounds out this 10K range. He's going to be overowned, and that sucks because. I've been riding the Reed train now for the last few weeks, and 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 now that the third place finish, man, like why couldn't you finish in thirteenth? Why couldn't you or the fifth place finish? Yeah. Like why couldn't you finish in twenty sixth? Like you were still a sleeper, right? And put and put it together, you know, the following week and actually win this week. And he could win, he could straight up win. I'm I'm betting Reed to win this week at twenty five to one. Um, he's going to be one of my picks in terms of betting, but in terms of DFS. Uh, I I hate Wednesday right now because I need to really get a good grasp of ownership and you know I got my own method of ownership and looking at other people's ownership to kind of compare and contrast. I got read right now at about seventeen point three percent, and I think that's a little inflated for what he should be. Um, I know Fantasy National has him about sixteen percent. Um, I want that number to go down. If I'm rostering Reed, I want that number to go down to like twelve percent. Yeah, that's understandable. I I don't like Reed this week. I don't I don't know if it's bent grass greens that he just struggles on, but when I just just bent, when I just look at bent grass, he just doesn't do well. Dude, he won the Masters. That's fine. Bent greens. Yeah, how, that was forever ago. I'm talking recent recent performance on bent grass. He won the Masters. Who cares? Don't don't tell me the guy just sucks on bent greens. Then he would not have won in Augusta, regardless of the fact that he won it a few years ago. That doesn't matter. And I get it. He he's not great on bent greens. Blah 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 blah. But you know what? It's a putter. And you know what? You're not right. He's great on bent greens. No he way, sh- man! I've got it pulled up right here. He's terrible. Just recently, his form's been terrible. Of course, it's been bad this year. Right, recently. That's all. That's what I'm saying. Recently, he's been awful on bent grass greens. Dude, the guy's a, the guy's a horse. I mean, whether you like him or not, I don't. All right, recent form, last twenty four rounds, no, nothing pops. Thirty second and birdies are better gained. 
let's see, 52nd in ball striking, 51st in driving distance. But just looking at the stroke gain totals last week, you know, 7.6 T to green. Um, always struggles off the tee, kind of his thing, but he was still positive. 6.3 in approach, 1.1 around the green. And he putted just kind of okay. And he finished fifth place last week. I think reason play. I just don't know how much. Yeah, I mean, I'll let you take him. Take him. Take you to the glory land. I'm, I'm off him again. I get it. I just, I, I have an aversion to Patrick Reed, and I just, and I'm not paying four digits of price for him. Yeah, you have an aversion to him, like I have an aversion to Sergio. Yep. Did I? You know what? I forgot about that. Fuck. Remember when he spit in the cup? <laughs> I, I did forget about that. Until you mentioned. Like it. what a asshat. Oh god! All right, let's go to that nine k range. Kick it off. Uh, you know I'm gonna let's get it out of the way. Mister Joaquin Neiman at ninety three hundred. He's gonna be chalk. I mean, without a doubt. But for me, he grades out second overall uh, after back to back fifth place finishes the last two weeks, gaining five and a, over five and a half strokes tee to green over the last five events. The dude's phenomenal. He's locked in. He if his around the green game was a little bit better last week, he probably would have came in second. No one was catching Lashley, so whatever. He wasn't even in the damn field but one. Um, so Neiman would have got second. He's due to win, and where he plays good, great, is on bent grass greens in this, really in the north, so in this region. Uh, if he's going to win, it's going to come on this time of year, and it's going to come on this time, this type of course. And his stats back it up. His last 21 graded rounds on similar courses, he's third in DK scoring, 13th in approach, and 6th tee to green. So, you know, small sample size, but, you know, we've seen it recently, and even looking at his bent grass green history, he's phenomenal. Uh, I like him to win this week. I'm going to bet him to win, uh, and I'm going to have – I will be double the field on Neiman this week for 93. I think that's a good choice. If you're going to go double on anyone, especially in that 9K range, that makes sense. Um, Long term, he's exceptional as well. Yeah. Like ninth in birdies are better gain, fifth off the tee, fourth in ball striking, ninth in approach. You're always going to worry about the putter, but it's not someone who's terrible at putting. He's an average putter. So, you know, if that putter gets hot. Um, Law averages says, though, with a fifth-place finish at Rocket Mortgage and a fifth-place finish at the Travelers, you know, you're not going to look at a top-five finish. Damn right, he's going to win the damn thing. I mean, it's Neiman. He's not Tiger Woods of old. It's not like we're looking at this guy who's just dominating golf right now. So so that's my hesitation. But I do like the call. I do like it. Are you, are you going to do a Matt Kuchar? No, you know, I he was the one that came up. There's always now that I've got the Martin Pillar effect, and then I've got, is there a guy that I could do Matt Kuchar and go 100%? And Neiman was the guy that came closest. But on an unknown course, I I'm not comfortable with that at all. Uh, I'm going to try it again at some point this season, I think. But all the stars have to align, and this this is not it for me. Again, if you're a new listener and you don't know what we mean by Matt Kuchar, there was a there was a week where Zach went all in on Kuch, and I just think it's terrible strategy. But regardless, we're not going to get into strategy <laughs> here. I, I like Neiman. I, I think he could become super chalky, but I think he's the one guy I would go overweight on for the win. You know, he will make one of my core cascading lineups. Um, so, so that's kind of where I'm looking at him. The next guy I'm going to go to, and, and you're going to hate it because 
you just hate doing shit like this. <laughs> but I am just, I'm going to be overweight on Tony Fee now. I mean, that, oh, like, that is my, no. pl- that is my play, man. That is my style of play. The guy's going to be. I get where you're going. That's like, no one's going to do it. The guy's so low owned. Uh, he's burned everybody this year. Everyone who loved him last year. All they think about is 2018. This major, that major, underpriced. <coughs> Three miscuts. <coughs> How many more can he miss? Come on. Yeah, no, <coughs> I mean I get what you're go. I get where you're going. I mean it makes sense, but ah, man, he's so bad recently. Oh, he, he's not just recently. He's he's bad he like long term. Last hundred rounds, like he's something's wrong. But <coughs> ninety two hundred in the last hundred rounds, things have popped off. First in strokes gain off the tee. First in driving distance. We were talking about dri- driving greens. Tony Finau, multiple Eagles, DraftKings scoring, ball striking, seventh, last 100 rounds, 21st in good drives. You're talking about right in the ship, and Tony Finau fits that bill for me right now. Yeah, no, I get it. I don't like it, but I, I I see the reason behind it. I just can't. I can't do it. I can't do it for the same reason. Well, no, for none of the same reasons, but I just can't do it for Finau. I, I just, when looking at recent form and, uh, no, no. I just have nothing good to say about Finau. This time last year, yeah, you'd have me all about it, but I can't do it. I mean, it's Tony Finau. But he's not Tony, he's not, he's not Tony Finau. Oh, he's Tony Finau. He's got to get, he better get his shit together if he's going to play well in the open, but. I don't, I don't, I don't want Finau the week after he he kicks ass. That's not when I want him, because he's gonna be like twenty percent owned. That that's 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 boring. It's dumb. I want him now. I want him to get him when he's gonna finish top ten, especially at ninety two hundred. He's gonna be less than twelve percent owned. Give me all the Tony Finau I can have. Yeah, uh, I'll let you. I'll, again, you can take him and read this week. I cannot. Fine. I can't do either. I want to. I, you got me intrigued on, on Fina, but I don't think this is the week. Granted, it's an easier course, and this is the time for people to, to figure it out. But Well, uh, another guy that I'm going to roster who who we could kind of call this year's Tony Finau is is the Terminator, Sun J.M. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. You know, at 9K, boom rostering lock and load the guy the guy is gonna win on tour real soon yep um rank seventh in my private model i love that 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 when guys rank that high especially when when he's priced at 9k i i think he's still kind of a sleeper i don't i don't i think people say sung jm and they're like no way that guy's good at golf and he's ridiculously awesome just goes out competes plays goes out competes and plays you know he does miss cuts but he's a he's a young golfer, man. He's gonna miss cuts. But I love his recent form. Twenty first at the Rocket Mortgage, twenty first at the Travelers, seventh at RBC Canadian Open, fifty seventh at the Memorial. He's gonna be playing, you know, postseason golf in the FedEx tournament. Sung Jay, love him. He's getting experience. He's gonna be great this weekend. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I love Sunjay, and you know, I was off him for a little while, uh, but I'm, I'm right back on him here. It's only a matter of time before he wins, and I think between Neiman and, and M, I think in, in the 9K ranges are the two guys I, I like the most. You know what else is really nice? He puts away those long irons this weekend. True, yeah. It, yep. it just helps his game tremendously with proximity and, and how good he is with his wedges. So what are you going to do with the Rook? don't know you don't know what you do with victor come on i'm fading you know what i'm fading him i I was on the fence coming into this tonight because you know i loved him when he was 6k back two three weeks ago when i think he was my fader not fader my guarantee or my monster and he did amazing and i was on him last week a little bit Uh, but this week i think nine thousand. i don't know i think he's playing week after week after week and i think it's going to catch up to him here I don't think that he does as well. He's not going to do enough for 9K. He's a phenomenal golfer, and he will be one of the guys I roster for many, many, many years, I think. But this is not one of those weeks for me for, for Alvin. I think his ownership is going to keep going up. His price is going to keep going up. And at some point, he's not going to make it. And this is going to be that week. Well, the guy's good at golf. I mean, I'll admit he's that. phenomenal. But I've been fading him ever since he's been playing, so I'm just going to continue to do so just because I'm a dumbass, but whatever. We're going to move on to that 8K range. Whoa, no, not yet. What about Rory Sabatini? We can't miss Mr. Sabatini. Dude, lock and load, man. It's Rory. Okay. I, right. Absolutely. I didn't think we yeah. had to talk about him. I just want to mention him because I, I, I had him last week, and I think he's in the same same spot, a little bit higher priced. I still think I think the 9K, man, is where to start this week, honestly. I, all these guys have win equity, and I just I don't see paying more when you can get two of these guys in the 9k and get two guys that could top five or win this thing oh it's all about leverage sack it's all about all right all right all right okay down to the 8ks let's go to the 8 all right we're we're gonna move down there and i'm gonna go in a direction that 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 is completely contrarian to what i said last week and i'm gonna go phil mickelson no and I, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm talking about like one lineup, give me Phil, two lineups, give me Phil, tops. Okay. I'm going to say that. I'm prefacing that because last week I said, it's old man Phil. He's awful. And he's it's age is catching up with him. Last week's course was more traditional. This week's course is wide open for Phil to do the things he does well. His approach game, his short game. Everything that Phil does so well is going to be just wide open for him on this course. And that's why I want pieces of Phil Mickelson. Part of me is very hesitant. Don't get me wrong. He's been playing terrible golf. But Vegas still has him at 40 to 1 odds. Which tells me that Vegas thinks he can compete, can win, whatever the case may can be. I don't I don't think Vegas is going to go names here. But, but Phil does obviously garner a lot of that betting. Missed the cut at the Travelers, that's fine. But he was 52nd at the U.S. Open, 71st at the PGA. Are we really going to ride this narrative where he's just missing cuts at these crappy tournaments only, only to play in majors? I don't think it happens this weekend. Phil makes the cut. Phil competes. And especially at the fact that he's 8,500 and he's a birdie machine, you avoid some of those bogeys, that's a lot of DK scoring. He's just one of those guys. Phil's one of those guys that... that helps bolster lineups when he's on and you're going no no with phil 
Well, here's my here's my take on Phil, and it was the same thing I said a couple weeks ago. Is does Phil want to play on this course? Phil will show up if Phil has to play, but he will not do well. If he enjoys the course, he'll have a good time, like at the Masters, and he'll despite his struggles, he'll show up and, and play and do well. He's um, in Minnesota. Eh? How can he not have fun? I don't know. I don't know. So the unknown here is I don't know why he's playing this week. I don't know if it's a he must play because he he hasn't played enough or I don't know. I, to, to me, he's just been bad. I mean, even at the U.S. Open, 52nd is just not good. Oh, you loved him at the U.S. Open. No. You, did I? Yes. Well, I mean, he made the cut. Yep. No, I did. You're right, I did, because he enjoyed playing. And that was the first time that he made the cut in between two missed cuts. He's a and, pro athlete. Don't give me this bullshit. Oh, I'm gonna enjoy playing this course, so I'll. He I'll has show. come out and said that he doesn't. He doesn't like playing courses, so he doesn't do well. I just don't know his. his he his said that about the players. Yeah, he did terrible. Well, yeah, he's never done good at Sawgrass, but that's he, it's not. Yeah, like, and he was forced to play. It's not like he went out to every tournament and said, "Man, oh, I hate this course, so don't play me in DraftKings." Or don't bet on me because I don't enjoy what I'm doing. He said it one time, and you, and you're making it a narrative, and it's not. I'm gonna make it a narrative. It is a, It is. It's not. He's been playing bad golf, and don't tell and and don't yep, tell me that he I, doesn't have the opportunity to play good golf when we're talking about a guy who was 17th at the Safeway, second at the Desert Classic, missed the cut, but then won the AT&T Pro Am. Like the yeah, give me a break. The Pro Am doesn't count. It counts. No, I. I don't know enough about Phil why he's playing here, but I do know he's playing terrible golf. So even if that narrative isn't true, he's playing terrible golf. He's going to tell you in his fireside chat this week. <laughs> so narrative or not, I mean, if you believe the narrative, then he might not play well here because he doesn't want to play. If you don't believe the narrative, he might not play well here because he's playing terrible. I mean, double negative here. He's not going to do well. We will see. He's he's lost stroke. He's dropped strokes tee to green for the last five events. Yeah, six of the last seven. I know the stats. I'm just telling you, he's in play. Who else in this 8K range you like? Uh, I'm gonna go with a guy I don't like playing, and I wanted to play him last week, and I didn't because I don't. Or I wanted to play him at the Travelers, and I didn't. Uh, it's Keegan Bradley at 8800. You know, he he finally figured it out. The one time or two times a year, he gets his putter going. He came in second. Uh, I doubt he does it again this week, but I, he's someone I really like. I think he his best rounds have come on fast bent grass greens, so maybe his putter stays hot. Uh, over his last 36 rounds on those type of courses, he's first strokes gained tee to green, fourth in proximity, fourth in DK scoring, fifth in birdie or better, third in strokes gained ball striking. Of course, there's always the risk with Keegan that his putter falls off, and he's and he's just awful. But I like him this week. He plays well in these type of courses. Courses, it's an easier course, it's a weaker field. 8800 is a little bit more than I'm comfortable with for Keegan Bradley, but I will have some. No, thank you. I'm not riding that train again. <laughs> I don't want to see. You'll, ta- you'll take Phil. I'd rather take Phil. Ah, uh, because Keegan Bradley is a tease, man. That's a tease. Like if Phil's playing and Phil's playing good, then like I nailed him. I nailed him. Boom. That's awesome. But Keegan Bradley's gonna be in first place on Thursday, and then on Sunday he's gonna be in fifty third. Hell no. No, thank you. I'm done with Keegan Bradley forever. <laughs> I mean. I- for the most part, I agree with you. For instance, Travelers, 9.8 strokes game putting. The last time he gained strokes putting before that was the Farmers back in January where he gained 0.1 strokes. 
No. So once a year or twice a year, his putter gets hot. Can it be back to back weeks? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. I hope it is because I'm going to have a little bit of it. Well, next guy I'm going to go to is Ryan Moore. And I know he missed the cut last weekend. And to a lot of people are going to fade him for that reason. So I think ownership, he's a leverage play. And the other thing is, though, in my private model, he's 18th overall. But the one thing I do like about him is I think there's some correlation here with the um, at Bay Hill. The course at Bay Hill used at the Arnie Palmer Classic. Um, Moore has done exceptional there. Um, so I think he's going to do well this weekend up in the Twin Cities. The other aspect of his game that I like is that long term, he really doesn't like pop anywhere. And I think that's also going to like lower his ownership and the fact that he missed the cut. But second in proximity, that's what I like. Ninth in good drives in the last 100 rounds. Things I've been stressing with my golf players this weekend. I like Ryan Moore. I know he missed the cut. I'm saying that again. Last weekend, he burned a lot of lineups. But we're talking about a guy who's 15th at the Travelers, 33rd at the Memorial. This isn't a major. Ryan Moore's in play for me. Uh, you know, I liked Ryan Moore initially, and I liked him a little bit last week. I didn't have any of him, thankfully. Um, but what really threw me off is when I looked at his short-term and long-term form on just bent grass greens, he doesn't score well. Granted, he does gain strokes to degree, and he does do well on approach. But for me, when I look at it, over 75 rounds, he's 106 in DK scoring and 106 in birdie or better's gain. And that stays consistent when you look at his thirty-six last 36 rounds. He's 95th in DK points and 63rd on birdie or better's gain. So he's been a little bit better in his last 36 rounds on bent grass greens. But for 8,700, I, I just don't think he's going to have the week, a bounce back week here. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but he doesn't do well on these types of courses. And, and for that, for that reason alone, I don't think I'll have any more. No. Anyone you want to spotlight in this AK range? Anyone else? Uh, you know, the only one I like, it, I think, is Scott Piercy. I think he was he's on a, he was on a downward trend leading up to the U.S. Open after having like an unbelievable April and May. He's done, man. Uh, he's done. He's, he was. He was done. He's still but done. He's done. I don't think so because he does well on these types of courses. He, he it's an easy course. What? Who doesn't do well on these types of courses? It's an easy the, course. But not not just this course. Sure, and that's perfect. It lines up for him to get. He took some time off. And now he's got a great bounce back spot on an easier course where he can not get out there and get challenged mentally. Then he can, if he can get back together, and I don't think he'll be owned. I think everyone's like, okay, he's done. And for eighty two hundred, he doesn't have to win. He doesn't have to top ten. I don't like a lot of guys in the eight K range, and I think Piercy is one of them that I, that I'll be on. Mm-hmm. And I think another guy that most people won't be on that I'll have some of is is Berger at eight K. I agree. I like Berger too. Um, I think he's a sleeper. I think he'll be low, low, low owned. Yeah. I think Chucky Three Sticks fits that mold as well. Yep. Um, I think he's. In fact, I think in this AK range, he has the highest Vegas odds. Um, and I know you said you didn't love the AK range, but I think Hadwin's in play, and so is Kevin Na. I mean, like if you're going to fit those guys in your lineups because you have to, I don't think they're bad plays. Had- no, I don't either. And I have Na highlighted too, and I just always have that love hate with Na, but. I, he does grade out really well here. Well, I, everyone does. I mean, he, he, he's second in approach and seventh in proximity in the last hundred rounds. But, you know, we do, we do know that he misses misses cuts. And, and driving distance is a concern here. And he's terrible off the tee, but the, the fairway is wide open. Wide open. 
Um, Hadwin, also intriguing, another guy that who could have success here. Um, curious what he'll do this weekend. I am going to have pieces of Hadwin, I'm going to say that. Um, in fact, anyone who's had success at Bay Hill, um, I'm going to have success. I'm going to have them in some of my lineups. So um, he is a guy also that I'm interested in. Um, but recent form, terrible. Um, yeah. That kind of bodes well for ownership, especially when he was almost like 20% owned at the Travelers. Yeah. Um, and just to miss the cut. But we're talking about a guy who was sixth at RBC Canadian Open, 29th at the PGA. Um, someone I like. So I, I will have some Hadwin. I don't know if he'll make a core lineup, though. Um, yeah, that's a good call. I like that. But yeah, let's move down to that uh, 7K range. Um, and this place is loaded. I love it. Like, love it. Like, I, I, wrong choice of words. It's not loaded. It's just got good plays, good golfers. I mean, we're looking at Jimmy Walker, Cam Champ, Sung King, Lucas Glover, Spawn, Charlie Hoffman. The list goes on and on. But who's your number one in this range? Who do you like? Taylor Gooch coming on. He's Gooch. in the field early this week. The Gooch man. I loved him last week. 70% of him. Price is perfect. And it's still good. I can't believe that after. I don't. I just don't get it. 7,600 is too low. He, I just can't. There's no, there's no explanation for it. Uh, he's going to sucker me into a high ownership again. And I hope he doesn't burn me. But, you know, at 20, over, over all of 2019, he's 12th on tour in birdie average. He's six in GIR's gain percentage, seventh in approach. I mean, I don't even have to look at recent form or anything. He's been great all year. His irons are on fire. I'm done. Gooch is in the lineup. He's he's going to be. If anyone besides Neiman gets cl- close to a lock, it's going to be the Gooch man. Well, he does really well in bent greens, and that that's a po- that too. That's a positive. Recent form though, he's not like on fire. He said, "Oh, get out of here. Look, get out." Get out. Get out. He's on fire. He's not on fire. Disagree. For his pri- for what he's been priced, he's on fire. The dude's consistently... This is like his highest price he's been in forever. But that's my point. He's overpriced for what he is. I don't, I think he's underpriced because of how he plays on these, these courses. You think Gooch is underpriced for how he plays? I think he's, I think he's a little... He's probably actually, you know, 70, he's probably right at where he should be. He's under 8K. If he's over 8K, I'm off of him. He's under 8K. I'm good. If he's, under, if he's in the 6K range again, I would have been. Uh, I, I think I would have locked him under 6K. I will say this about Gooch. He is so bad off the tee, he might find the water this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, he is really. He's bad. He is, yeah, I'll give you that. And, and I, if you're finding the water on this course, and, and, and for us, like, hacks that go out on the weekend, yeah, I get it. We might be swimming, looking for golf balls, but for these pros, and you're losing, you're losing a ball here or there. Um, no, thank you. You're you're having a bad weekend. I'm gonna move on and, and say see you later. But um, a guy I wanted to mention in this 7K range is um, um, Sung Kang. And Sun- yeah, I've, I've seen him mentioned a couple of times. Sung King on my private rattle, you know, he's 20, 21st. Um, um, I, I, I don't know what D-Gen, Degenerates, Fantasy Degenerates is going to say, but the Koreans going to love Sung King because, you know, that's, that's, it's just, it's a Korean lineup. Doesn't, doesn't Kenny run a Korean lineup every weekend he can? I think so. Yeah. I mean, so, not? I mean, exactly. And uh, the, 
um, Koreans have had a lot of success at Bay Hill, so I don't see why they can't have success here. It's a similar style course, but just way easier. Now, Kang, in your last 24 rounds, he's not going to pop at all. Um, this is more of like a um, long-term play and success at Bay Hill play, um, but I like Kang here. I like his Vegas odds as well um, at 100 to 1, so I think he's in play 7,500. He's a guy that I'm most definitely going to utilize this weekend. Could potentially even make my core just because of his success at, at, wow. at the API. Um, so Sung Kang is in play for me. That is a, that's bold. Yeah, I know, but you got, I like it. I like it though. That's how you win the money, man. I like it. Who else in the set? I like it. Who else in the set? Uh, for Danny Lee, 7,600. I love Green. Danny Lee. He grades out number one for me on fast bent greens. No way. He, I love it. Number one? Number one. That's insane. On last, 30, last 36 rounds. Only bent bent fast fast bent grass greens, number one. Uh, ninth strokes gain to green, fifth approach, first in good drives, fifth in ball striking. 21st last week at a birdie fest where he struggled only with his putter. Uh, if he keeps up everything else and just gets average or better, I think he easily gets top 20 again and, and, and has the ability to go higher. Uh, 7,600, yeah, I love it. I'm all, I love I love Danny Lee. Yeah, the another Korean. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I might have to make an all-Korean lineup. You've talked me into Kang. I, and we, we, ha- we have to. That, that's, what, that's what they do. That's what degenerates. Feels so feel so wrong on the 4th of July. What? Nothing feels wrong if you're making money on the Fourth of July. That's what America's about. That's that's right. We'll go with that angle. Um, so I, yeah, like like we were talking about with Danny Lee, I, I I I do think he's in play this weekend. He he he's he just fits this mold, fits the course overall. In my model, he's 21st um, in the last hundred rounds on bent greens. Just overall, his rank. Um, 17th in ball striking, 15th in approach. Where he does struggle is kind of that driving distance and the putter. But you're in that range round where that putter is just going to be hit or miss, and I'm okay with that. He's always low owned, um, simply because of like how crazy his game fluctuates and his ability. But the guy's got top 10 potential here. He did finish seventh at the Valero, top 20 at RBC Canadian. He was 21st last week. So if you're going to tell me he can't have a repeat, repeat performance. I think you're crazy. So I, I really do like Danny Lee here in that 7K range. Who else do you like? Uh, you know, just some other names I like in the range, not to really go deep into their stats. You know, Mackenzie Hughes, Martin Laird, uh, Bud Cauley didn't play well last week, although he set up well. Uh, I think he bounces back here. Um, those are my other three guys I'm looking at. How about, what do you got? Anybody else? Um, in this 7K range, I, I think there's a lot of options from Corey Connors to Keith Mitchell. To Luke List, but but the one guy that you kind of touched upon, Bud Cauley, I think at eighty to one odds right now, he, he kind of fits that bill. He's playing very, 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 very well, in my opinion. But I'm gonna kind of give you a sleeper. I like it. What do you got? And I'm not quite sure it's gonna work out. So I'm gonna go with 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 great hesitation and trepidation. But it's Jonas Blixt. Oh, and. I'm really hoping that he kind of gets overlooked here. Now, people were all over Jonas a couple weeks a week, a couple weeks ago, and since then he's just been brutally bad, like brutally bad. Ooh. 
you know, we're talking a miscut at the Travelers, and like last week at Rocket Mortgage, he finished in 29th, but then 44th at the RBC. Um, the stats are going down; they're trending downwards. But I feel like this is an easy course where he can compete again, and I'll take that ownership leverage for a guy who I think can top 20, especially in the in the low 7K range. So Jonas is in play for me; he's going to be an option. Um, other guys I like in this 7K range is Sam Ryder. Sam Ryder in my private model ranks 22nd overall. And, you know, if you can get these guys who, who can finish in the top 30, top 20, top 10, it's sub 10% ownership, I think you have to play them in some lineups, especially in mass multi-entries. Jimmy Walker, dude. I got Jimmy Walker at sub 5% right now. I think that's insane that Jimmy Walker in this field is going to be sub 5%. The guy's a great golfer. I'm with you on Blix. I like that call. I'm not with you on Walker. I just don't. I don't. I, don't, I can't do it. Why? He just doesn't look good to me. I mean, he does grade out pretty well when I look at like his last 36 rounds, but I don't know. Something's telling me that this isn't the week. He made the cut at the API, so you can make the cut here. He can make the cut. I just, I don't know. I have a lot of guys in the 7K range I, I like, and I I don't think I'm comfortable adding another one, and I think I don't think he would end up making my final. I, I mean, I see what you're saying, and I and I get it. Even he made the cut last week, and he still lost strokes. Um, I just don't think I can't add another guy in the seven K range. It'll it'll screw me up. This is probably the only reason I can't get on board. All right. Anyone else in this range you want to touch upon? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. I, I like it. I mean, there's there's some Luke List appeal in in some aspects. Uh, I'd liked Kyle Stanley before he withdrew. I think that would have been a really great. Play. Oh, I loved him until he withdrew. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I had him all over. Like on Sunday, I was like, "Oh yeah, Kyle Stanley death train. Here I come." And man, no. Uh, but you know, that's about it for me. I, I looked at Glover for a little bit, but nah, I can't do it. But I, oh, also, also I, I forgot. Yeah, Sam Ryder. I'm with you 100. I I love Sam Ryder at 7100 here. <laughs> Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. All right, so that'll move us to our 6K range and brings us to our MG Monsters and Guarantee, the Martin Pillar effect, who is in the field this weekend. And this is where Zach and I will break down our monster, player that we feel who is below 7K and will finish in the top 25, and our Guarantee, which is a player who's in the 6K range that we feel will make the cut. Zach, start with your Guarantee Guarantee, I'm going to go with Josh Teeter at 6,500. This is the first time in the history of this show that we 100% agree on something. I agree. Yep, this is it. I mean, three straight cuts, 35th last week, 36th the Travelers, 63rd RBC, 17th at Charles Schwab. That's four in a row. Uh, I think he makes it again this week in a weaker field. Uh, I don't expect him to do much, but, I mean, if he goes in the 30s and even in the 40s, I mean, phenomenal play. Uh I love him. Yeah, Josh Teeter for me 
absolutely in play to make the cut. I think it's my guarantee. Um, I, I I think he fits this course very well. He's been playing great golf recently. So that that that's the route I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go with my monster here. I'm going next with my monster. And I'm going to Bronson Burgoon. Now, Bronson last week finished 35th. Okay. Saw some uh, some vast improvements in his approach game, T-degree game, lost strokes putting, hence why he finished in 35th in the low cut. But it's about this time last year where Bronson really turned things around. He was 11th in the Northern Trust in late August and then finished in 2nd in October. You know, in the July, if you go further back in July, 6th in June 30th at the Quicken Loans. 30th at the Greenbrier and 2nd at the John Deere. It's just that time of year where Burgoon can really, really, really find his, his groove. And I think he's in play for this weekend. He's going to be my monster. Top 25 finish for for Bronson Burgoon. In fact, I think that's the second time I've gone with Bronson. I was going to say that. I think I was going to say, I think you have something, you have a little thing with Burgoon here because that's the second or the third time you've picked him I, in this segment. I mean, eventually you have to get it right, right? I think you have to. But statistically, uh, further analysis. Look at his recent form in the last twenty-four rounds: twenty-first in ball striking, thirty-first in approach, thirty-seventh in proximity. You're getting him for sixty-eight hundred bucks. Ranks twenty-six overall in my fantasy national model in the last twenty-four rounds. He's my play man. He's my monster. Who's yours? My monster is this week, and I feel really, really good about it. Robert Garrigus. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. Now Robert Garrigus is only 6,400. He hasn't played at all because he's coming off a three-month suspension for violating the PGA Tour's anti-doping policy. He showed up. He started again on the Corn Ferry Tour in the Wichita Open, where he didn't do well. But last week, he played in the Utah Championship and finished eight under par, which is good enough for T20. So his game is back on. Uh, I think he goes lower owned if he's owned it all this week uh, because he's coming off the suspension, hasn't played on the PGA Tour since February before he was suspended where he missed the cut at the Puerto Rican Open. He was terrible since... He's really been terrible since last July. Uh, so he's coming... I mean, if you look at him in Fantasy National and on the PGA Tour.com, he just looks awful. But he's coming off a T20 on a different tour... He's getting his form back together. He's back on. He's he's on bent grass, fast greens where he plays well. If you isolate his last thirty six rounds, which granted go back quite a ways uh, on these types of courses, he's twelfth overall in my custom model, and I'll take twelfth overall for sixty four hundred. Six in DK points, thirteenth in birdie or better, ninth in ball striking. So you know, while he has been terrible since last July, he's coming in off for a long time off. He's coming off a lesser tour where he did well into a weaker event. Weaker field, easier course. I love Robert Garrigus. It might be a terrible decision, but this is one I'm going to attach my... I love the 6K range. And I, I dig into it way too much. I love Garrigus to top 25 or better here. Uh, I'm all over him. Monster. Monster. All right. Who else could do it? I don't know. Uh, another guy I like in this 6K range didn't didn't make quite the cut for the monster and guarantee, but it's Alex Pru. Um, had a little hiccup last weekend, struggled with the putter, struggled just off the tee, struggled around the green, and I think that could change this week. This is a guy who finished 20th at the Travelers and 21st at the U.S. Open, um, 31st at the Wells Fargo in early May. 
He's a 6K guy, so he's going to struggle from time to time. Don't get me wrong. But he's 6,700, um, ranks 86th overall in the last 24 rounds. But he's 17th off the tee in 28th in driving distance. I think driving distance might play a huge part this weekend in, in scoring. I think the closer you get, the easier it is to score. Um, so I like Pru here. I know his uh, approach and proximity games are questionable, but I think we're looking at you know some longer distances that have kind of skewed those numbers. So he's a 6K guy that I like. Uh, what about you? Anyone else in this range? Uh, a couple other guys that I'll probably sprinkle in not too much because you know this range has come a lot of risk, but guys I do like. Uh, Sebastian Munoz at 6,700. Uh, Tom Hoagie or Hoge, however you say it, at 6,300. It's a home course for him, so he might have some sneaky appeal here. And then uh, Tom Lehman at 6,200. He helped redesign this course for this specific event uh, as the inaugural event. So I think he's got, he's played it. He, he helped set up some of the ways to keep the scoring from being ridiculously low. Granted, he's not good and hasn't play, doesn't play a lot, but for 6,200, as a guy I'll take a chair or two in just to see what happens. Uh, Alex Checka at 6,100 is another guy I do like. Um, that's pretty much it. There's a couple guys other guys but i don't think it's it's really worth the time to mention their name but those are the guys i I think i'll sprinkle two three shares of here and there yeah one guy i do want to mention before i forget he really good recent form it's troy Merritt, um 10th overall in the last 24 rounds in my model but 24th in birdies are better gain 15th in ball striking 17th in approach ranks 19th in proximity in the field um i again you're looking at these flyers with these 6k guys these are the last 24 rounds. He missed the cut, the Rocket Mortgage. I like that. It's going to lower his ownership. This is a guy who, who has had success on the PGA Tour, 17th in the Memorial, 71st at the Travelers. But, you know, it's top 10 potential, top 20 potential in his resume, and and that's what you like to see. Harder courses, struggles. This is an easy course. I think we're going to look at a good thing here from Troy Marriott. So, Anything else in the 6K range that you like? Nope. I think that's it. I think we, we hit it all. Uh, I think this is going to be a great week, and we're going to go get back to the John Deere Classic next week on a course that we've got some history on, and it'll be three weeks in a row. The PGA is going to go through some really low-scoring events, which if you just started playing uh, DraftKings the last two weeks, get ready for the Open because it's not going to last. Oh, the Open, so close. <laughs> oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Well, that'll wrap up the cut line in our analysis of the 3M Open. And join us next week as we do break down the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run. And again, thanks to Fancy National and PGA for all the stats they provide. Zach, thank you, man, for contributing to another great show. Oh, thank you. Love your suit. Now, you can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Mike Cavalunas. You can find me on Twitter at Lunas. And of course, you can find the cut line at T Cutline. It's a scorer's paradise this week, boys. Go and have some fun. <laughs>